All right, man. So, uh, so how have you been throughout the quarantine? I mean, strange, strange times for I think everyone in, in both the mixed martial arts world and sports in general. But how have you been? How are you? And how are the family? Strange times is right. Yeah, um, we're good. We're we're thriving. We're making the most out of it. Um, you know, you could go one. You could do one of two things, right? Go one one way or the other. You can use this to to relax and and uh, get a little lazy and put on some pounds, or you could use it as an opportunity to, to get better become more productive. So that's what we're doing. You know, we're working really hard. We're trying to be creative with sponsorship, marketing, you know, some, some regional MMA starting to open up now. And uh, we're excited about some fights that are going on. We're working on the, the you know, the mental health and the physical health of, of ourselves and, 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 our, and our fighters too. So we're, we're using this in the most productive, best way possible. I mean, I kind of did a little bit of both. I, I, I put on pounds and I ended up starting something that I, I really enjoy. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's, it's good that you, you used it as a positive and, and I think a lot of people are spending it to, to reconnect with their families and whatnot, especially fighters who are, who are uh, traveling abroad or training nonstop. I'd like to start a little bit about talking about you um, as well as Dodge Sports as, as a whole and then obviously get into to some of the fighters. So, I mean, I think you're living the dream of everyone. I mean, I, you know, as a kid growing up, I was like, man, I'd do anything to to either be an athlete or train with an athlete or coach or become an agent. So what got you into it? Well, I'll tell you what, that's the right mentality. That's the mentality that got me into it. Um, when I was a kid, this is an industry, this is a, this is a, a field that just came to me, truthfully. Um, as a kid, I always had a knack for for sports but sports in a different way i grew up playing those gm games instead of actually playing the maddens and the fifas and you know the 2k's um i cared more about putting the pieces uh, together behind the scenes and and getting wins and getting w's so you know that's ingrained in me i i have a, a massive passion just like you do for the for the sport of mixed martial arts um but my journey started as I was an NFL agent at 18. You know, I, I got into that game early. As soon as I could, I got into the game, represented uh, a couple guys in the NFL space, kicked about doing that, had some fun doing that. But at that time, there was an opportunity. That was when the UFC signed the Fox deal um, and UFC was becoming a little bit more mainstream. There was a little bit more opportunity there. And a couple of the guys that I'd worked with on the NFL side of things did a little rolling, did a little jiu-jitsu and got me into MMA. And from there, transitioned from the NFL game into MMA, worked with a ton of really, really high-level sports agencies in mixed martial arts, even worked with, you know, Johnny Hendricks back when he was fighting GSP and, and working some of the original sponsorship deals. And uh, just a couple years back, started Dodge Sports, figured it was time. Yeah, I love that. I, I was watching. Uh, I was watching one of your interviews, and I was listening to one of your podcasts. And, and one of the things you said is there was a little lie in there uh, to get your foot in the door. Do you want to touch on that? Yeah, I think you know fabrication of the truth slightly. Tell you what, in in the industry like this, if anyone is is trying to get into you know mixed martial arts management or really sports management in general, it's probably one of the most cutthroat markets and industries there is. Period. Um, there really aren't a lot of industries or, or excuse me, a lot of companies that make a whole lot of money, and it's really, really just tough to get into because everyone wants to get into it, like you said. Um, so I had at eighteen, I didn't really have much to offer aside from my passion and my effort. Um, so I had to get creative. I was getting, you know, doors slammed in my face, not, not answering calls. No one was getting in touch with me, really. I was reaching out to everybody. And I figured, you know what, the only way I'm going to get on, on a line with somebody is if I 
fib a little bit. And I said that I was the University of Connecticut quarterback, uh, and I was looking for a representation. And a small agency in New York City took the call right when he got on with me. Um, I explained the truth. He appreciated the um, creativity that it took. And the next day, I was on a train to, to the city and got my first internship. A year later, signed my first NFL guy, and the rest is history. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you hear so many stories of people doing whatever it takes to get their foot in the door. Um, like even Joe Silva just sent an email and look at where it got him. And I think a lot of people tend to shy away from really shooting their shot. Um, I did it for years. I mean, I've been a fan of MMA and I was like, there's no way I'd ever get involved in it. I'm an accountant. Can't say I'm passionate about accounting, but, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I think a lot of people just lack the ability to just shoot their shot. And, uh, you know, that's a great example of it. Um, speaking of NFL, what was, uh, what was the main reason behind the switch to MMA? And, uh, I mean, a lot of people, like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, there's so much money in the NFL. Um, but I, then again, you're just a small fish in, in a big pond. Uh, was that one of the reasons why you, you transitioned? Um, a little bit. Uh, I think more so it's just passion. Like, I, have, I had so much passion for MMA as a sport. Compared to the NFL, it, it was night and day. Um, I also, look, the NFL is a, an incredibly like sophisticated and steady and um, just locked in sport for many, many years. I mean, it's a staple in American culture. Um, UFC and and MMA was kind of the pretty kid or like the, you know, the pretty girl on the block in a sense. And there was a lot of um, interest in being a part of the growth and being kind of a first mover in a sense to that. Whereas I didn't have that luxury with the NFL. And I saw the opportunity. I really wanted to be a part of it. I loved the sport, saw great people working in it, saw a, a, you know, a, a way that I could be more impactful in the game than I could at the NFL at that, at that age. What's it like working with uh, these high-level fighters? I mean, a lot of people look at fighters as, as, as animals or these, these crazy individuals. And, you know, the more I get to speak with them, the more I realize they're, they're, they're normal. They're, you know, they're more down to earth than, than most athletes. But what's it like working with these guys day in and day out? I think they're the most committed athletes in any sport. I mean, I've worked with athletes in a lot of different sports, NFL, obviously. In NFL, you can get away with um, just natural ability in a lot of ways, right? You don't necessarily have to be super, super hardworking if you were gifted with you know, uh, strength and speed and those types of things, then it could get you really, really far in the MMA game. It can't, it's, you know, you have to be, um, competent in, in, in all areas, but you also have to have the mental game on point. You know, like you could, you could show up to a football game and not really be there mentally and just get away with it. No one will know the difference. You show up to a fight, not being mentally prepared, you're going to get knocked out or choked out, you know? Um, so just dealing with this level of athlete is really refreshing. I mean, they're, they dedicate their entire lives day in and day out multiple times a day uh, to a sport that really isn't super financially rewarding at first, you know, and even, even when you get into the UFC, you know, unless you're winning and winning often and fighting often, it's really not incredibly um, lucrative early on. Right. Um, Like in the NFL, I mean, you make most of your money on the second and third contracts. It's the same type of thing with with the UFC and and MMA. Um, I just think it takes a whole lot more to to get there. And these people know that these athletes know that and they're still doing it. it shows a lot about their character. And fortunately, you know, here at Dodge Sports, we've had the ability to and, and, and the luxury of dealing with just amazing human beings. I think that goes into our evaluation process to begin with, but we've just had uh, just amazing human beings working with us and 
I want to give them every opportunity to succeed. So it's been great dealing with the the level of professionalism that, you know, a lot of mixed martial artists have just, just in the nature of the game. Yeah, that is one of the things I noticed about, uh, about your athletes. I've spoken to three of them so far. And the one thing that's consistent about all three is their professionalism, how nice they are and how ac- accessible they are. Usually you go through three or four different people and, Andre Ewell, great example. Um, he was the fourth person I ever had on. I was essentially a nobody. I had one subscriber on my YouTube channel. Uh, I sent him a message, and within five minutes, he's like, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to. Um, Jasmine, another great example, and Anthony Romero. So I'd like to talk about about the three of them in particular. What's it like working with Andre? Um, obviously, high-level athlete in the UFC. Great guy. Stud. Yeah, Andre is um, such a blessing to the agency. Uh, Andre fits the position at the agency of really being a role model that a lot of the men and the women who are coming up can aspire to be like. Not only is Andre a badass fighter and, you know, has, you know, potential championship pedigree behind him uh, and is going to make a lot of moves and have a lot of success in the UFC moving forward now that he's healthy. Um He's just also a great human being and a great role model for these guys. He does the right thing. You know, he's, uh, he's professional. Um, he has a positive outlook on everything that he does. He says yes more than he says no, right? He trusts the process, which is great, you know, and he's always accessible, you know, just like he's accessible to you. He's accessible to, you know, the men and women who are 2-0 and or 3-0, and on the Dodge sports roster who, you know, aspire to be like an Andre Yule. So he's, you know, he, he and I have a, a special relationship. He was one of my first real clients when I started Dodge sports, um, obviously having tremendous amount of success and, and it's a bright future ahead for him. What is next for him? Obviously he's got that arm injury and uh, I know he's talking about a turnaround. He wants to fight uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, is there anything in the works? Obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of things you can't you can't disclose yet if there was anyway. But uh, but, but what, what's the timeline for his return? Yeah, I had a conversation with the UFC brass uh, earlier this morning about him. He's just getting his clearance now for um, UFC 247, where he he uh, chowed his forearm in the first uh, about 20, 30 seconds of the fight and still went on to win. He also had a bucket tear in his knee. So we got him surgically repaired. He is as good as he's ever been. What's crazy is anyone who's seen Andre Ewell now has really just seen an injured Andre Ewell always fighting. He's kind of always had knacking injuries, and now he's fully healthy. So what's next for him is he's going to have – I mean, we're, we're setting him up for September. Um, it, you know, Ideally, we'd love to get him out in uh, Fight Island if they continue it. You know, The, the, the COVID and the pandemic is, is obviously going to dictate if they continue – doing some fights out there in Fight Island, but Andre wants to be worldwide, so Fight Island's a perfect place for him. If they do decide to kind of pull back from Fight Island in September, because that's when we're going to get him in, uh, then we'll, we'll have him fight in, in the UFC at, uh, at UFC Apex in, in Vegas. But, um, you know, hopefully he can get a, a fight, not a tune-up fight, but a, a good fight to, to just, um, you know, get back in there and shake off some, some of the ring rust, per se, uh, or cage rust, per se, get him in there and hopefully fight him two more times before the end of the year and maybe get a number next to his name after that. Yeah, that's, a, that's great news. I mean, I've been a fan of Andre for a long time. His last fight, I mean, really showed how tough he was, uh, you know, going through a lot of adversity with the injury early on and, and still got the W. Uh, close fight, but but he got it done. Um, another fight uh, just announced yesterday. Jasmine's got a fight. Um, 
really, really excited for that. I spoke to her last week, and she, she's ready to go. Um, yeah, so, so what's, that, um, what's next for her, and uh, what's the timeline, I guess, that we can see her? Obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of things you can't announce yet, but, uh, but I'm sure she's excited. It's been a busy day. I actually just talked to the the brass there at that organization. Um, they're going to be announcing it this week. Here, what we do is we always respect the process, right? And a lot yep. of the organizations, there's benefit in them announcing these types of things first. So we always respect that. I'll tell you what, she's got a huge fight, probably the biggest fight of her career uh, coming up um, against a very formidable opponent. And uh, it's going to be in August, so it's going to be soon. Um you guys will be able to see it on a pretty major, uh, probably a pretty major network. And uh, just watch watch for social media in the next couple of days. It'll be announced soon. But she's uh, she's excited. What's really nice about Jasmine, I think you talked about it on her, on the last podcast you did with her, is Jasmine has the ability to fight at two weight classes and, and, and yeah. be super, super successful. So this next fight is actually going to be at 115, dropping down from 125. Um, which just lends itself really, really well to the next level, right, into the UFC. Because if you have the ability to fight both of those, you can take short notice opportunities at, 120, at 125 or, or full camps at 115 and feel confident in your ability in both of those. Not many people, men or women, have the ability to do that, and she does. So we're excited about that. And she's, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but, I mean, she's undefeated, 4-0, Within eight months, like it's it's crazy to think that uh, you know someone's got four zero on the doorstep of potentially a big organization, um, and she's really only fought as a pro for such a short period of time. I can't say we're surprised because we're not. I, I and then uh, we've got a big. I actually started representing uh, Jasmine as an amateur, which is very rare in this game because usually, you know, uh, when you want to bring on management, it's usually a few fights in as a professional. Yeah. But Jasmine just has that. She has that it, it factor, you know, and it's it's not a surprise that we got her already to 4-0 and and she's, you know, knocking on the doorstep of the next level. Another big, uh, another big name, another Canadian. Uh, I'm Canadian, so obviously always rooting for Canadian fighters. Anthony Romero on the contender series what can we expect from him well first of all i'm glad that we can get canada back on the mma map because i think that it's been underrepresented for way too long and there are far too many uh quality fighters in canada so anthony is hopefully going to bring that canadian flag uh into the contender series and and really make a huge mark at the next level um you know his fight is uh, it's August 25th. It's going to be at Apex. He's worked his entire life for this type of opportunity. I think he's primed, ready, and uh, he does things the right way, just like Andre Ewell does. Great representation of our brand at Dodge Sports and a great representation, in my opinion, of Canadian mixed martial arts at the next level. Do things right. Stay positive. You know, work really, really hard. We had the pleasure of having him down in Miami, and and the guy's work ethic is unmatched in the game. So, um, look for eight zero. Hopefully, we can get a nice finish and get that contract. So, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, about the, the. I mean, obviously, you see a lot of professionalism from the three people that we just spoke on. Those are the three people I've interviewed. So. Uh, I mean, there, there's a, a variety of others as well. Um, Sam Guardiola is also there as well. Um, but there's a, there's several other fighters that have been signed, but those are the three that uh, that I really know. Um, but one of the things I noticed, especially in MMA, is negative attention is almost good attention. You see it from guys like Colby Covington, Conor McGregor, most recently Mike Perry with what he did. How do you keep 
your fighters in line and just saying, you know what, do it the right way. Um, because being negative almost gets you the attention from, from these organizations. So why not just do that? To be honest, it's like you don't invite the rotten apples into your, you know, your crop, right, in a sense. So what for us, it comes down to our evaluation process when we bring on fighters. We're super strict. Uh, and when I say we, I've got a great team uh, here at Dodge Sports. You know, Joey Torres is, is, has been killing it. Um, he's signed a couple guys under the, the roster already and, and a lot of sponsorships. It does a lot of great things for us. So we, we evaluate talent. And to be honest with you, if somebody sticks out like that and has that type of mentality and is negative in, in that sense, we just don't even entertain. We don't have the conversation, you know? Um, so we bring in a quality human being and a quality individual to avoid those types of things. You know, look, there are many ways to get from point A to point B, right? We just choose to go a different route. We choose to go our way, right? And I don't think that there is one perfect way to do things, um, but we prefer ours and we've got a track record of success and we're going to stick to it. So to answer your question, it's, I think it just starts early on. We just don't even, we don't invite that, that type of energy or that type of mentality into, into what we're putting out there. And, um, you know, you see what you see. So you said you like to, to get it early on. Is that one of the reasons why a lot of the, the people on your roster are prospects or up and comers, um, you know, you, you look at guys like John Jones, who right now, if, if you were to try to manage him, it's almost like he's almost too far gone. You know, he's he's got so much success at such a young age. Do you think it's better to, to you know, to speak to these people at a young age and, and, and try to manage them and grow together uh, rather than trying to attack them and, and, and become their managers later on in their careers? Yeah, look, we we're we're not in this game for from from for money. I mean, it, I, I say this all the time. Uh, I would do this for free. A hundred times out of a hundred times, you know, um, we want to make an impact in men and women's lives. We want to give people the opportunity to be successful. Um, and we want to grow this brand to be much more than just the mixed martial arts and UFC, you know, agency. We've got aspirations to do a lot of different things. And, you know, I think what's important is the relationships. And if you can build those relationships with business and, and personal and, you know, grow those types of things, then you've got a wonderful brand. So for us, the reason you see a lot of like blue chip prospects, uh, people who are outside of major organizations for now is simply because we're trying to make an impact and we see the potential a whole lot sooner than a lot of other people see the potential. You know, uh, we watch a ton of film. I can watch, you know, a few minutes of tape and tell you if someone has that, that, that factor or if someone shows something that we really can't fix and um, we'll avoid. You know, so yeah, we're 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 in this game for the different reasons than than what a lot of the other agencies are in it for, and I think it shows. So, all right, man, thank you very much for taking the time. I I mean, I've been a fan of uh, of a lot of your fighters. I've I've spoken to them before, and I, and I wanted to speak to the guy that that's really helped them along their way. I think it's I think it's nice, and it's it's definitely. I've never spoken to an agent before uh, on this on this. Uh, podcast so it was it's nice to see things from a different perspective as well so i uh i really appreciate you taking the time you got it appreciate it Sergio. thanks again all, right, man. all the best